You are listening to a sermon from Jubilee Church in St. Louis. Throughout the month of February, we are celebrating 20 years of community, love, and purpose. The video referenced in this talk is a documentary made to commemorate the history of Jubilee. If you would like to view this documentary, or if you would like more information about Jubilee Church, please visit our website at jubileestl.org. Uh, we're, we're celebrating in this month, uh, we're having a 20-year celebration, a 20-year celebration um, is just that. It's a point to celebrate, but it also comes with a warning if you're a church. Um, and if you pay attention to church stats, uh, but the average church plateaus after 15 years, starts to decline after 25 years, and uh, is gone after 40. The average uh, church life is just 40 years. And so in church years, we're no longer the young and up-and-coming church. We are middle-aged. And... Um, Middle age isn't so bad, uh, but so, so you so when you think about it, it's like statistically our best years are behind us; they're not in front of us. If we follow the statistical pattern, our, our best days are uh, behind us and not in front of us. But I want to say that it doesn't have to be that way. I don't want it to be that way. I think you're here at this church because you don't want it to be that way. But how do we keep moving forward as a church? How can we let our maturity as a church be an advantage and not a disadvantage? How can we make it an asset and not a liability? How can we keep moving forward? Well, um, I think we'll find some answers in 2 Kings 4 about this story about this widow. If you turn there, 2 Kings chapter 4, uh, there should be a black Bible in the chair in front of you. If you don't have that, it's on the, the screen um, how'd you like that popcorn? Like it? Want some more? Don't you? Second yeah. Kings four says this. Now, uh, the wife of one of the sons of the prophets cried to Elisha. So this. This woman was married to one of the prophets. Uh, your servant, my husband, is dead. So the prophet had died. And now, now that your servant feared the Lord, or excuse me, and, now, and you know that your servant feared the Lord, but the creditor has come. I don't know if you guys have creditors or not. Probably. But this creditor has come to take my two children to be slaves. Now, I don't know what MasterCard and Visa, how pushy they are, but I don't know that they're going to come and take your kids, but they're getting ready to take this woman's kids. I don't know how bad your financial situation is, but it's probably not that bad. And Elisha said to her, what shall I do for you? Tell me, what do you have in the house? And she said, your servant has nothing in the house. Well, except, you know, a little jar of oil. And he said, go outside, borrow vessels from all your neighbors, empty vessels, not too few, then go in and shut the door behind yourself and your sons and pour into all these vessels. And when one is full, set it aside. So she went from him, shut the door behind herself and her sons. And as she poured, they brought the vessels to her. When the vessels were full, she said to her son, bring me another vessel. And he said to her, there is not another. Then the oil stopped flowing. Now, this is a story about a woman at the end of her rope, and she could have easily given into bitterness. We don't have time to go into all of this, 
Uh, but she is the wife of one of the prophets. And she could have been, man, we're good folk, man. We're church people. I mean, my husband feared the Lord. He did good things. I mean, where's everybody out? Where's everybody else? You know, where are the wives of the other prophets? How come they're not helping me? You know, my husband didn't have life insurance. You know, they didn't, prophets didn't unionize back then. They, she didn't have anything to sustain her. She could have easily given into bitterness, but she doesn't give into bitterness. She taps into faith, which is what the jars are all about. They are expressions of faith, actions of faith. You know, why is it that it seems like God seems to bless this person, but doesn't bless this person? Why does this church continue to grow and bless others? And why does this church decline and shut its doors? It's all about the jars. It's all about the jars. Oil is only something God can do. You know, in, in this video that, you know, Manny said, hey, I didn't pull myself up. I didn't make myself better. God is the one who came and met me and reached me, and he's the one who pulled me up. Uh, The oil is only something God can do. Only God can save one. Only God can bless one. Only God can pour out the oil. But oil is poured out when empty jars are presented, when we exercise our faith. And it doesn't matter what kind of jar you are. You can be a white jar, a black jar. You can be a young jar, an old jar. You can be a rich jar or a poor jar. You can be an educated jar. You can be an uneducated jar. It doesn't matter what kind of jar you are. You just have to be an empty one. If you feel like you're at the end of your rope, rope, physically, emotionally, spiritually, financially, you're absolutely qualified. If you feel like you have nothing to give, you're absolutely qualified. The disqualified ones who feel content... You feel self-sufficient like you have it all together. God has nothing for you if that's where you're at. Check out this quote from Spurgeon. He says, be an empty vessel beneath the flowing of a full Christ. Do not try to be a full one nor a half full one, but be an empty vessel and Christ will fill you. Be dead and let him be your life. Be the beggar and let him be your riches. Be sick and let him be your health. Be lost and let him be your savior. Be nothing and let him be your all. In all, Do not underestimate what God can do through you. I mean, it's amazing. We, at first, when, when Elisha uh, asked him, hey, what do you have? She's like, I don't have anything. Well, I mean, I got a little bit of oil, but you wouldn't be interested in that. God can't use that. God can't bless that. Elisha's like, well, all you have will be enough. There's a time in the day of Jesus where um, crowds gather around him, 5,000 5, men, excuse me, 5,000 men plus women and children, probably 20,000 people. Disciples noticed that these people were getting hungry and says, they didn't have popcorn. They're getting hungry and said, hey, you need to send these guys away so they can go get food. And Jesus looks at them and says, you feed them. He's like, well, what? He's like, well, what do you got? We don't have anything. Well, we've got five loaves and two fishes. And Jesus says, all you have will be enough. Does a miracle, 5,000 people fed. The man with a withered hand, Jesus, it's like, Jesus, will you help me? Yeah, stretch out your hand. Extend, express faith to me, and I will heal it. Do not underestimate what you have. And so Elisha says, go get as many jars as you possibly can. So she goes out and gets as many jars as she possibly can and gets her sons together. And they go back in the room, shut the door. Elisha's not there anymore. It's just a widow and her two sons. And she's like, well, I guess we'll give this thing a shot. So she gets this container uh, that had some oil in it. Maybe a quarter full, and she begins to pour it into this vessel, this empty vessel. And she's thinking, this should be done by now. 
But the miracles, it kept coming, and it kept coming, it kept coming, it kept coming. And she's like, it's beginning to get full. She goes, oh my gosh, bring another one. So they bring a second one, a third one, and a fourth one, fill them up, and they keep bringing these jars. This is amazing. They're like, man, we've never seen anything like this, and we'll probably never see this again. I mean, it's like that scene out of Mary Poppins where she just pulls everything. I mean, like like a, a coat rack and everything out of this suitcase. And this is like, they, the oil kept coming, it kept coming, it kept coming. And then she's like, okay, bring me another one. And her son says, there's not another one. And then the text says, the oil stopped flowing. Now this is huge. This is a big deal. We, we need to hear what's happening here because this could change your life. This could change how you think about the church. This is change how you think about God, change how you think about how you serve, how you give, how you parent, how you live out your life. Noticed what stopped the oil from God flowing. Elisha did not command oil stop. God did not shout from heaven, hey, Gabriel, easy on that stuff. It's kind of expensive. Nothing stepped. Nothing stopped the flow of oil except when the earth ran out of empty jars. When the earth ran out of expectancy. Maybe you feel like, man, God's blessing doesn't seem to come my way. It's not because God doesn't love you. But perhaps you've stopped presenting him your life as an empty jar. What will keep this church from continuing to bless? I mean, I, I watch those stories and I'm like, man, I, I just, I, I want that over and over and over and over and over again. What's going to stop that from happening? It's when you and I stop presenting before the Lord empty jars. That's it. God does the heavy lifting. He does the blessing. He does the saving. He does it all. We just have to keep bringing out empty jars. There's a sense to which the widow, and I, sometimes I don't even know what I think about this, but it's in the Bible, so I'm believing it. There's a sense to which the widow got to measure out how much blessing she would receive from God. She got to determine that. And I know the prosperity guys have hijacked this truth for their own game, but it's true nonetheless. And that is our faith and our expectancy create a vacuum that heaven loves to fill. Our faith, our expectancy creates a vacuum that heaven loves to fill. That's why Elisha says, don't just get a few. Think big, dream big, act big. Paul says to the Ephesians that God is able to do immeasurably more than you can ever think or imagine. And I heard this story about this man in Africa who was involved in um, Christian ministry to the sick, and he's uh, going around asking for uh, um, financial support. And he was talking to a group about this size, and he's saying, you know, and we need syringes, and we need razor blades, and we need bandages. And as he's talking, he sees this very well-known millionaire walk into the room. And sit toward the back. And then without missing a beat, he's like, and we need hospitals, and we need helicopters, and we need... <laughs> you, see, you see, who he was talking to shaped his asking. And who we think we're talking to will shape our asking. 
if, if we're just like talking to like a mini God, we'll just, we'll pray very small prayers and we'll expect very small things and we will express faith in very small ways. But if we believe that we're coming to a big God, we will pray big prayers. We will expect big things and we will present our lives with big faith, big expectancy, massive empty jars. And this is what this story is all about for us. The promise of God is that he will pour out blessing if we will present our lives to him as empty jars. You saw this in in the documentary, but God came to me, you know, when I was a, a senior in college, I was on a path that was not leading uh, toward God. I was doing my own thing, and my own thing wasn't working. And so I, I opened up the pages of Scripture, and I didn't know where to start. I knew that the Gospels were a big deal, and Proverbs and Psalms. Back then, it was Psalms. But the, so I started reading in Psalm 81.10, and it's exactly what we're talking about here today. The, the, the verse is, open your mouth wide, and I will fill it. There's a promise with our part, but he has the bigger part, which is, if you open your life to me with expectancy, you don't, you don't expect from other things, but you expect from me, I will fill it. That is the promise. And so 19 years ago, I took God up on that. And my life isn't, you know, it's not just gone straight up this way. It's had its bends and curves and ups and downs. But I can testify that every time I've opened my life up to him, he's poured it out with blessing. Every moment, yes to God. Yes, yes, I'll do that. Yes, I'll give that up. Yes, I'll say no to this to say yes to you. And that's what we've seen in this church. Uh, the story of Jubilee to this point, it's all about empty jars. 22 people putting their time on hold, their, their financial uh, ambitions on hold. More than that, 22 people buying this building. Say, okay, we'll do this. We'll see what, and they didn't have, I mean, you saw it. They, we'll see what happens here. They opened their life up to it, and God poured out blessing from heaven. We had d- different phases in our church life, you know, you know in uh, 2005. 150 people wandering around St. Louis without a home, looking at all these different going to all these different rental places, trusting in the provision of God, presenting their lives as an empty jar to buy this building. This 150 people over three years gave $700,000. $700,000 and bought this building. A couple of them are still here, but many of them have gone on to help start Kirkwood, to help start Washington, to help start the lake. They want to continue to open their lives to be empty vessels because they know what happens when you do. Every time we've opened up a service, every time we've opened up a location, every time someone takes the little step, which may not seem like a big step, and says, you know what, I will serve. And I don't want to belittle that step because that is a huge step. If you've never served before, but you're like, you know what, I am going to take that step. That is you saying, God, I will be an empty vessel. If you've never given, I remember the first time I started giving. I remember because uh, my income was not all that great. And I remember, and it was a scary thing to do. 
November 1999. I remember writing that check. Like, God, this is all I have. Just like that widow pouring out, this is all I have. And seeing God come through. That is a bit, if you've never, every time you give, that's opening up an empty vessel to him. Every time you open your life up to community, saying, okay, I will give you a night of the week. I will sit with you and have coffee with you and hear about your life. I will open up my home for a group. I'll lead a group. I'll, I'll, I'll give my life. Every time you do, that's just another open jar for God to bless other people through you. The hours people, I'm so encouraged. I'm so proud of the people all the hours that have been volunteered, all the dollars that have been sacrificed, people over and over again presenting themselves as empty jars. And a lot has been accomplished. I mean, you saw the, I mean, it's just like, man, there's been, this has been great what God has done through this church. And we have a history and you, you can look back. I mean, I feel, there's a sense in which I feel satisfied. But there's a, we have to understand there's a massive temptation for us to just to sit and to become spectators and just to kind of sense live on the interest of the faith of the past. But I don't want, I don't want to be a part of a church like that. I didn't leave my career to be a part of a church like that. I've not moved the multiple times God's asked me to move to be a part of a church like that. And I know that you don't either. You wouldn't be here. You want to be a part of a church that is expressing faith, that wants to see other people blessed, that doesn't want it to be about them. You want, it to, you, want to be, you want to bless others. You want other people to be lifted up. You want more people off drugs. You want more marriages reconciled. You want more of the poor to be reached. You want more reconciliation to happen. God will provide the oil. Will you provide the empty jar? What could that look like for you? Well, it can mean a lot of things. For some, it may just be taking just, you're new to here and you just want to take a, a small step into serving, a small step into, you know, joining in community. Say, okay, I'll, I'll, I'll take a step. For others, it may be bigger than that. Some of us, some of us God may be calling you to, to let go of personal ambition, to serve and to lead in a greater way, to give in ways that you never thought were possible. But God, for you to be, for the oil of God to flow to you and through you to others. Doesn't matter what kind of jar you are, old, young, rich, poor, educated, uneducated, white, black, whatever. But you have to be an empty jar. Will you empty your life today? Will you empty yourself of your personal ambition? This seems like such a risk, but I'm telling you, Jesus said, Anyone who gives up homes, brothers, mothers, sisters, jobs, careers for me, I will give back to him. Sixtyfold, hundredfold, jobs, careers, mothers, brothers, sisters. Will you take God at his word? Will you trust him that as you put before him an empty jar that he will keep the oil flowing through you to others?